Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of PGA Grinders Live After Dark. I am your host, Justin Van Zuden, here with you tonight. We've only got a two-man booth tonight, a nice little cozy two-man booth for the Dell Technologies Championship. It's up in Boston, the second leg of the PGA Tour uh, FedEx Cup playoffs, and a fun little tournament that's been hosted here for quite a while. It used to be called the Deutsche Bank Championship, so... Uh, lots of changing sponsors at this time of year, but we've got a 100-man uh, field originally. A few guys are not going to play this week, just like last week. I believe the field now stands at 96 uh, golfers. Henrik Stenson withdrew on Monday. Brant Snedeker is not playing again. Uh, J.B. Holmes has withdrawn. And uh, the fourth, uh, I'm not placing my finger on at the moment. Gib, do you have that off the top of your head? No, I know off the top of my head, actually. I don't either. I have to look. I was, I was thinking Adam Scott wasn't going to be playing, but then I read that he decided to uh, come back over. So He's back from the uh, – he's got the baby factor going uh, this week. So congrats to him. And, yeah, he will be playing this week. I'll get – once I scroll through the golfers, we'll find the fourth throughout the show here tonight. But uh, Brian Devonshire is not with us. He is traveling this week. Gib Pollard is with us, of course. Uh, Gib, how's your week going? That's going good, mate. It's going good. Just, uh, you know, getting pumped. Uh, college football just started. Uh, heading, I, I don't usually get to go to many games. So this weekend coming up, uh, heading over to Eugene to watch the Oregon Ducks play Southern Utah. Never heard of Southern Utah, so hopefully uh, it won't be too much of a thumping. But uh, 96 degrees, actually, for a football game. So it should be nice and toasty. Uh, heat wave suddenly up there, but uh, yeah. yeah, the Ducks will probably win that one by a good uh, a good margin, I would imagine. Yeah, I get to take my ten and seven year old boys to uh, a college football game, so I don't really know what I'm in in for. So at least my, my <laughs> not wife... not much fun for dad. That's what I'll, I'll tell you that much. Well, my mate from Australia is coming over with his wife, and he's got his two kids, and his two kids are young. His two boys are younger than my two boys. So we have four little kids and five grown-ups because my mom is actually over from Australia as well. So the nine of us will be going to a college football game. My daughter's actually uh, staying away. And she, she's the, always the wild card in our, our family. So, yeah, thank God she's not coming for the, the reasons of, can we go home now? Can we go home now? Can we go home now? So, yeah, it should be fun, fun weekend. Yeah, it's always fun to get out and do something fun with the family, even if it is a little bit more challenging when the little ones are along. It's uh, as long as you have some fun while you're there, that's uh, that's all that counts. And uh, college football season is kind of getting into full swing this week. There's some games on Thursday and, of course, a big slate of games on Saturday. And uh, we are here to talk about the golf tournament, which doesn't start until Friday this week. 
uh, with Labor Day weekend, they always run this tournament from Friday through Monday. So a little bit of extra time to build your rosters. We're a little bit too far out uh, for weather at this point, but it really doesn't look like anything terrible is, uh, is going to be, you know, hitting Boston. The East coast is getting a bit of a rainstorm here tonight on Tuesday, but that's going to clear through and uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. And then it's should be pretty good after that. Of course, uh, would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, any of you that happen to be in Texas or uh, affected in any way by hurricane Harvey. We uh, send our thoughts and well wishes to you. Uh, Gib, I've seen some of the pictures from down there, and it just blows your mind. I, I you know, you, you you see some of the before and after pictures of the freeways or the neighborhoods and things of that nature, and I just, I, I have never seen so much water on dry, what's supposed to be dry land in my life. Yeah, I actually, uh, a mate of the mate who's coming over actually moved over from Sydney to uh, Houston. Uh, he's in the oil business or something to do with oil, and he's over there, and. You know, I, I asked my mate if he's doing good, and uh, thankfully he is. So, you know, it, it's it's a sad, sad thing going on right now. So hopefully everyone in Houston is doing well. Definitely echo all those sentiments, and I uh, hope all of you that are in that area are uh, dry and well and uh, are able to watch the show with us tonight. If not, you can always catch the show on demand up until the time rosters lock, and you've got till Friday this week. So uh, last week, First leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs with the Northern Trust. A little bit of a difficult course out there, and it looked after the first day as though all the value plays were going to be the keys to the week. And then the cream rose to the top over the last three days, a fun Sunday with Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson. Uh, Dustin hit that amazing 341-yard drive over the pond on 18 in the playoff and uh, pitched it close for a birdie and, and came away with a victory. But always fun when the – Top guys are in contention, and it comes right down to the wire, and that was a pretty cool event to, to see wind down on Sunday. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah, exactly. When the, <clears throat> when a couple of the top players are, are fighting it out, you really do f- see the difference in, um, you know, if one goes up, then the, the leaderboard and DFS changes dramatically, you know, as opposed to if you had really one top player and one uh, cheaper player, then – a lot of people have both of them together, but I don't think there's too many ways you could get DJ and uh, Spieth into the same team. So it was always nice to see the the back and forth going on all day. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough to stack them together for sure last week. I could not. I played uh, quite a bit of DJ. Didn't have any Spieth that last week, and that kind of ruined my chances at a big week. But it was uh, still fun to watch on Sunday with those two guys going neck and neck and. Pretty much the whole back nine, they were back and forth atop the leaderboard, and it was a two-horse race for the most part. I think Spieth was ahead by three going into the round, and then Dustin was three clear of the third-place guy. So it was pretty much just those two, and a lot of TV coverage, of course, for them. This week, up in Boston, TPC Boston, par 71 course, 7,300-some-odd yards. Uh, Gib, when it comes to breaking down this course and the type of guys that usually succeed here, what uh, what do you see standing out to you? I see a course that gives up a lot of yards off the drive. It, it doesn't penalize you for being um, not that accurate off the tee. You can hit greens in regulation and scrambling is pretty easy too. So pretty much a, a course in which, you know, you're going to find something like a 16 under, 17 under, 18 under type score. So it's gettable. It's it's somewhat of a bomber's place. So 
you know, rip it and rip it type of deal. So, yeah, I mean, there's not much for the, the smaller hitters to love about this course. So uh, I'm going to be looking more towards the Bombers and those who can, at least those who can hit in the fairway and hit greens in regulation at the very least. Yeah, the fairways are pretty wide. So even the, the Bombers that are a little bit less accurate, they're still not at a huge disadvantage here because – even if you're if you're not at your best in terms of accuracy, you can still hit more fairways than you would on the average course. So that's why uh, distance, I think, is going to be at a premium. Uh, you're going to see a lot of people waiting that heavily this week. And you look at the last two winners on this course with Rory McIlroy and Ricky Fowler, and obviously they can both hit the ball a long ways too. So uh, I think Chris Kirk is also a past champion here who maybe doesn't fit that mold quite as much. But in general, you'd think the, the bigger hitters would succeed here. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, you know, I think it was uh, when Ricky won it, uh, it was he Stenson, it was Stenson's tournament to lose. And I think he dunked in the water on 16. And so he took himself out of contention. And then Ricky sort of cruised the last two holes to win. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it, it's an interesting uh, sort of tournament. I it's getting on the verge of not liking it for DFS because, you know, you're going to find way more people making the cut than uh, missing the cut. So, and sometimes those people who uh, miss the cut, you weren't really going to roster anyway. So it, it's almost like a, a, a WGC event. So really have to focus on getting six players through the cut. I think if you have five, you, you're almost out. You're totally in trouble, especially if one of your, you know, studs misses the cut because there's not going to be too many studs missing the cut. So if you take, you know, Justin Thomas, just throwing a name out there, not that I don't like him or anything, but uh, Justin Thomas and he misses the cut, you know, and every other stud makes the cut, which is mm -hmm. certainly feasible. You got 70 and ties making the cut. So you could see 75 guys making the cut. There's only 96 guys playing. So you're, you're going to see if we just theorize it's, you know, 75 guys make the cut out of 96. That's 78% of the guys making the cut. Whereas in a full field tournament, 75 guys out of 156, that's 48% of the guys making the cut. So you're going to see a lot of guys getting through this week. And the guys that are getting cut, they played hor horribly enough that you're probably not winning a tournament with them anyway. Yeah, for sure. Unless you had one, two, three, four, five, or actually – one and then if there was a four-way tie for second and you just had those five yeah. players yeah and you had those five players plus carlos ortiz or something like that <laughs> it would just be a really rough day <laughs> oh ouch <laughs> oh, i'm just teasing for those of you who may uh, that goes back a while but uh gib had what could have been the best tournament roster i've seen in a long time um what tournament was that I was the Valero of two years ago. Not yeah, so not last year, year before. It was uh first, second, and three fourths and a miscut. And uh by one stroke, correct? Yep. By yeah, one stroke. Yeah. Carlos Ortiz missed the cut by one stroke and Gibb uh, had the the best lineup pretty much everywhere else. So even if he would have just made the cut and come in fiftieth or something like that, it probably would have been uh, for sure his biggest payday in DFS. And uh, those are some painful ones, definitely, when you get guys, especially that missed the cut by one stroke. Uh, but anyway, that's in the past. And if you aren't familiar with that story, didn't watch us back then, that's uh, what that's all about. If you hear us randomly throwing the name Carlos Ortiz out there uh, with Gibb involved. Anything else with regard to the setup or the course this week? It seems 
you know, it's not a super challenging test, but you got to play good golf to, to score there. It's not the birdie fest like the John Deere Classic or anything like that. Um, but there are some birdie holes out there. Oh, yeah, there is. Uh, you know, but it's it's, it's going to come. I think it's going to come down to some of these top players. I really do. Uh, you know, you usually see these top-notch players. They The cream rises to the crop most of the time. There might be one or two players that might sneak in a – like a Billy Horschel who goes, uh, you know, win-win. But for the most part, you know, you're looking at potentially uh, a named player uh, making a win around this time. Uh, Rory actually wasn't really in it last year in terms of the FedEx Cup. Uh, he won this event. He had an average finish the next event. And then he won the Tour Championship after that to solidify, you know, his uh, FedEx Cup win. So, you know, it's this type of event can actually propel some of these top players into a, a really good position coming to East Lake. Yeah, the FedEx uh, Cup playoff events award more points, and so you can see a lot of movement on the leaderboard, especially for people that finish at the top. So that's TPC Boston. Again, straightforward golf course, par 71. So we've got three par fives this week. Uh, there are a lot of holes that are on the longer side for uh, the par fours, which, again, it, it's part of the reason why uh, distance is – at an advantage this week. If you look at the par fives, the 18th hole uh, is only 530 yards for a par five. The seventh hole is 600 yards. The second hole is 542 yards. So two of those three par fives are going to be reachable for everybody in the field if they're in the fairway. The second hole does have some water surrounding it. So, you know, you might see a lot more guys lay up there than usual, but uh, the 18th hole should put, should play pretty easy as a closing hole, 530 yards, no water on that one. But a lot of the par fours, that's where you see the longer distances. You've got, uh, let's scroll through here, the 14th hole is 495 yards, the 13th hole is 447, the 12th hole as a par, par four is 510. Uh, so that's a pretty tough stretch there, 12, 13, and 14. If we go to the front nine, the ninth hole is 472, the sixth hole is 465, the fifth hole is 466, uh, and the uh, you got a couple of shorter par fours as well. But there are a lot of par fours where you know some of the shorter hitters might be coming in from 175, 200. The longer hitters will be 125, 150. And uh, there have even been some golfers saying themselves that they know how much of an advantage distance is at this course because a lot of the bigger hitters can fly pretty much all the fairway bunkers without too much concern. And that's all this is kind of contributing to that narrative that uh, that distance is going to be a big advantage this week. Anything oh. else on the course? Uh, not really. I mean, the course is what it is. It's a, I think it's a very gettable for, for what it, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a playoff event. So, you know, last week it was, uh, it was, it was more difficult, I think, than I, than I actually thought it would be, but um yeah, it, yeah, we a, just didn't know what to expect last week. Yeah, and so we got data on this one. We know it's gettable. So, you know, you're going to see some players, you know, those who I think are, are very good tee to green uh, are going to be licking their chops at this course thinking, you know, I, I can get after it. So, you know, there's no real rain issues. So, Did you see, by the way, the crowd? Did you watch any of it last week? Did you see the crowds? It was unexpectedly small in my opinion the gallery size there was not a ton of fans there for a tournament in upstate new york i was really surprised at how sparse the crowds were 
Yeah, no, I, I didn't know. I didn't notice the crowds. I I didn't get to see as much as I I, I wanted to. But my mom was there for because she doesn't really get to watch PGA uh, events in the same time zone as us. Usually, she has to stay up really late <laughs> or get up really early. And um, yeah, so you know, I got you know updates. She's one hundred percent Jordan Spieth, uh, and she dislikes uh, Dustin Johnson a lot uh so well, what did he do to, what did he do to her uh for no for no reason she asked me which one i was going for and i told her whoever is the lowest owned and uh she had <laughs> no idea what i meant <laughs> <laughs> hey priorities right uh well she was the unfortunate one at the end of the day and not that uh, jordan spieth didn't play well though so good on those two guys and they are the top two priced options this week and it's pretty much a tier by themselves with oh, Jordan yeah. at 12.1 and Dustin at 12k then you've got $1,400 down to the next guy so let's just talk about those two uh, with Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson a is everyone going to go here because of the spectacle that they put on last week uh, b is it doable with their salaries how do you tackle the top two guys this week I think a lot of people are going to go Dustin they're going to be hearing bomber 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 and then the whole you know, they have a visual with Dustin, and that's that drive in the playoff hole. Okay, we're going to go for the long hitter. So if they're choosing between Spieth and, and Dustin, I think they're going to go Dustin. And that might not be the bad play. I, I, I find it funny that uh, at the start of the season, it was, I think it was a decky was in contention for golfer of the year. And then it was uh, Justin Thomas. And he overtook Hideki as going to be the, the golfer of the year. And then it was Dustin Johnson. And then all of a sudden, you know, Justin Thomas is now winning. Hideki's winning. And Dustin seemed like he was dropping off the face. <laughs> now he's winning. So yeah, What it, have you done for me lately, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it does seem like a three-man show. But then all of a sudden, Jordan's poked his head in and said, hey, what about me? So uh, when it comes to golfer of the year, it, I, I think it's going to be one of those four. Uh, out of these two golfers, I'm probably thinking Dustin will be the higher owned. Uh, and, you know, if it is, if distance is going to matter, then you have to sort of look at Dustin. But at the same time, Jordan Speed hasn't been that bad strokes gain tee to green himself. So, you know, if his putter gets hot and he's, he's, he's doing really great tee to green, then uh, look out for that. So I, I think it's they're priced as they should be uh, in, the, in a class of their own. I might just go Dustin just because of the power factor. I agree. Uh, Spieth has one good finish here. The last three years hasn't been that great. And now obviously he's a, a streaky golfer and he's on one of his tears right now. So it is kind of scary to fade him, but it, it's hard to fit both of them. I think you could fade both of them if you wanted to just because of the salaries. I mean, if they finish fifth or sixth, they're probably not preventing you from winning a GPP if you get the rest of your lineup right. So yeah. I'll have some Dustin. I faded Spieth last week. I'll probably do it again. It'll probably burn me, but uh, it's the Adam Hadwin factor. Now I have to fade him until he bombs, but uh, I agree. I think Dustin's the play in there. I do think he'd be a little bit more highly owned, but in this round, I'll diversify my lineups elsewhere this week. Yeah. I'm probably going to be really cheeky and fade both of them. Hey, cheeky it is. No problem with that on my end, especially given the, the salary distributions this week. And there are a lot of guys in the mid-range that you can definitely target. 
John Rahm at 10.6, Justin Thomas at 10.3. They've kind of surged in pricing lately. Rahm was in a bit of a funk. Uh, his price fell to 8,900 last week, but he came away with a tie for third place. He was 68, 68, 67, 68. Really solid rounds on that course last week. Uh, Justin Thomas, of course, the winner at the PGA Championship, also followed that up with the top 10 last week. So those two guys have gotten a bump up in pricing to over 10K. Hideki Matsuyama missed a four-footer and three-putted his final hole on Friday to miss the cut by one stroke last week. Not that he played terribly. He wasn't good on Thursday, and so he was kind of behind the curve for making the cut. And, uh, again, all he had to do was two-putt on his last hole on Friday, and he missed a four-footer for that two-putt, and it was uh, not bitter at all. I don't remember that at all. It's not why I'm just saying the play-by-play right here on the air. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, that's, uh, that's what happened to Hideki last week, of course. Rock-solid form was the hottest golfer on the planet before that miscut by one stroke. Those are our other three options above 10K. Who you like in there? So, you know, the whole sort of football analogy, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Well, if you have five putters, you don't really have one. And it's sort of, yeah, it's not surprising to see him missing the cut by three putting. He's done it before, actually. Mm -hmm. I think it was three years ago at the Farmers. Uh, he had a chance for Eagle and uh, ended up uh, powering uh, from a three putt. And uh, yeah, it, he, that actually, uh, he missed the cut because of it. So it's not like he hasn't done that before. I read somewhere that he was complaining he was sore. So, you know, there might be some sort of injury bug in there. I'll, I'll try and dig deeper into that. That's just something that I read as passing by, you know, a couple of hours ago. So I haven't been able to really dig into that. So if there is some sort of nagging soreness in there, that could have been a reason. But, you know, Hideki putting is Hideki putting. Uh, it was uh, nice to see uh, Ram back up there again. But, you know, Ram I, found, I found a little snip here. Uh, it said he cut short his pre-tournament round on Wednesday after experiencing soreness in his hip. Yeah. But said it will not stop him from competing in the first event of the playoffs. That was right before the tournament. But, the, of course, the news didn't come out until after he missed the cut. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and he hasn't done this lately at all. But when he first started on the PGA Tour, he kind of had a little knack for withdrawing there. And uh, he ha it's days. been a long time since he's done it. But he, he used to be a little, little, little Siwoo Kim in him a little bit. Yeah, he uh, actually it was just two different tournaments he kept withdrawing from. One was the Honda, and the other one was the HSBC, the World Golf Championship. Uh, he's withdrawn from both of those tournaments uh, twice. Uh, it's either that or the CIB Classic, but I'm pretty sure it was the uh, WGC event. And uh, yeah, we also come to find out that he's married with kids, or at least kid. So oh, I didn't know that. A decky bot has a wife bot and a child bot. <laughs> Well, if they, he's got to teach his kids to get mad when they hit their approach to two feet. It's not good enough. Yeah. So, But does he get mad when he misses the putt? That's the thing. One hand off the putter, let go. You know, he, he doesn't seem to do that with the putter, but off a drive. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a funny man. But um, with Ram, you know, being, you know, coming back up and showing signs of life there, do you think uh, ownership is going to drop off the top two, potentially those who – sort of fade the top two do you think they're going to be landing on ram at all 
I don't think so. I think most of those people will go down to the McElroy Fowler day range. Uh, I think that'll be where a lot of people start because uh, Rom will carry his ownership, but he's also $1,700 more expensive than he was last week. So I think they priced him up appropriately. And I think he'll be in that kind of 15, you know, 16% ownership range, nothing crazy, but not, not terribly low. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Justin Thomas was also uh, had all rounds under par, I think last uh, week as well. So, you know, showing signs as well. So I, I agree with you. I think uh, the, the play is to go under 10 K. I, I have myself find myself drifting down and starting at Ricky Fowler. So uh, it seems like that's what I've been doing these days. And, you know, he didn't show, he had one bad round in the third round, shot 74. And uh, that sort of killed his chances. Had he just parred that, you know, he would have been uh, tight fifth with uh, Paul Casey last week. So he actually played a pretty good tournament just for that one round. Well, that's Ricky Fowler sometimes for you. He just got off to a terrible start. And that it was really interesting to watch the you know, the, the shot by shot stuff last week, that first hole was an absolute monster on that golf course. And a par was like a birdie on that first hole because it was about a 520 some yard par four. And I mean, guys weren't even going for the green. If they missed the fairway, it was a chip out to 80 yards or something. And then, you know, you hit your third shot from there and hope you can get it close. And it was, I mean, there was a few rounds where a good majority of the field made bogey or worse on that first hole second hole was pretty difficult as well and we talked about mm -hmm. that on the show last week that that start to that golf course that front nine was going to be brutal and it, it certainly played out that way and that's what hurt Fowler on that Saturday starting he was in one of the final few groups and I think he was four five over through four or five over through five holes yeah and it would just it's no I mean you studied the round out from there but yeah you you lose four or five strokes to with those other guys that were at the top it's pretty hard to make those up. So still came 20th, fifth at the PGA, ninth at the uh, World Golf Championship Bridgestone. So Fowler's still playing pretty well, all in all, just has to keep those big numbers off the card. Where do you stand on Rory this week? I see a lot of chatter about him. I know his approach play wasn't great a week ago. Uh, but you know the, the, the main concern that a lot of people had was this injury factor. Uh, is he going to – commit to all these playoff events. And I think if he wanted to pull out, he could have very easily done it last week after a first round 73. Hey, I'm not in contention. I'm not interested, but he battled through it, played the whole week, uh, came 34th and, you know, he's still in the field for this week. So at least that, that helps me believe that I think Rory's going to be in it for the duration of the playoffs as long as he's in and uh, he's going to stick it out. Uh, I don't know where to go with him. Originally I was on him and then, I was sort of looking at Day and Fowler and I thought, well, you can't roster all three of them. And so, you know, he was the odd man out for me. Rory's Rory. And, you know, if he doesn't have, if the injury isn't that limiting, then he's always potential. I mean, like he's won this tournament. He's a defending champion this year. So I think his ownership might be a little higher just because of that, just because he is the defending champion. So uh, you know, I'm I'm sort of trying to gauge how much Rory I might have, and so far it's not a lot, but uh, I don't necessarily think it's a bad play. Yeah, he was 8% owned last week. He's going to be higher than that this week because there's enough chatter, enough talk about the distance uh, being a benefit. You've got the course history. 
Mm-hmm. So it, it's a pipe dream. If you think, if you're thinking that you're going to be on Rory because he was 8% owned last week and he's going to be low owned, I hate to break the news to you, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be 8% this week. He'll, he'll definitely be a lot higher than that. Yeah. I mean, he, he's got the potential to win anytime he tees it up. And I guess that's the appeal. Yeah. And he's Rory and he's under 10 K. Right. <laughs> How many times have you seen Rory under 10 K? Not many. Yeah, it's been a while. 10 9, 11 8, 11 4, 11, 11 6, 11 7, 11 6, 11 2, twice, and 10 6. I mean, his last 10 tournaments, uh, the 10 6 at the Masters was as cheap as he's been. He's 800 cheaper than that. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, Rory on the 10K. It's like it's like the deal at the store, right? You see 10,000 and you don't think twice about it, but Rory's 9,800. That's a screaming bargain. Yeah. It's 98 cents instead of a dollar. Flying off the shelves. It's like good fly, Friday. That's right. That's right. It's good Friday. I mean, it starts Friday, man. <laughs> good Friday. There's a sale on Rory McIlroy. But uh, all kidding aside, he will be much more popular this week. Already talked about Fowler, touched on Matsuyama, Thomas, all those guys at the top. The Aussie Jason Day starting to play better golf again, ninth and sixth the last couple weeks, and kind of his big weakness throughout the year has been uh, his approach play. And last couple weeks, his stats on the approach have been really, really good. So that's a good sign for Jason Day. Uh, it hasn't been the greatest season for him, but it certainly wouldn't surprise surprise me if you know if he snuck out a win or a top five before the season ends. Yeah, no, for sure. He's got some really good course history here. Uh, I think it's what. Played here seven times. And I think five of those times he's finished in the, the top 25 or better. Uh, so he's, sorry, top 15 or better. So he's he's got the course history here. What I think sort of his putting was letting him down a little bit as well. Uh, but on uh, Sunday, he came out, he shot, uh, he was doing really well with the putter. He gained uh, 3.46 strokes uh, with the on, on the greens there on Sunday. So if his putter can continue that hot form, uh, I, I really like him for this course. Yeah, same here. I think uh, form form is big for him, and uh, he's playing with some confidence right now, the most I've seen him in a while. Mm-hmm. And, you know, back-to-back top 10. So, you know, he's, he's, he's rounding into nice form. So... Uh, also back-to-back top 10s for Louis Oosthuizen, by the way, but 9,100, uh, that's a tough pill to swallow when he's only $700 cheaper than Rory. Paul Casey is your first guy in the 8Ks, and I'll basically repeat the same mantra that I do every week with Paul Casey. You can just play him until it doesn't work, and it's worked pretty much every week since January, which is the last time he's missed a cut. Uh, his last 10 tournaments, eight of them are top 15 finishes, he just keeps on with really good finishes week in and week out. Uh, his last five are all top 15s, including three fifth-place finishes. I mean, everything about Paul Casey's profile right now is just uh, screaming that uh, that he's still a fantastic play. 8900 not a ridiculous price tag either. I mean, yeah. I have no problem just locking him in every week at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Can we cue the tape from last week? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just play it again. It, yeah. And probably the week before that, I just – I, uh, you know, I do, um, I do a video every week with four golfers that I like that goes on the homepage and I usually put a couple of nuggets 
uh, on on each golfer. I you know put three little nuggets about each golfer. And for Paul Casey this week, my three lines were rinse, lather, repeat, <laughs> and uh, just throw Paul Casey out there again this week. So it's look, he's not winning, but he's coming darn close and he's not losing either yeah in terms I mean, of fantasy sports yeah fifth place every week you'll just you'll gladly take fifth place for a guy at 8900 i don't see how you don't play him in cash games once yeah, again this for sure it's it's yeah i mean you can't go wrong with a guy who finished fifth place anyway that's right especially three of the solo, last five weeks yeah. solo fifth place uh so you know his mojo is not going to be tampered with with anyone else um but yeah he's I a while back when I when I first started writing, you know, Paul Casey would have fallen under the hey, I'm the, I just don't want to write about him again this week. I like him, slot him in. And that would be at the start of my selections. Um, but yeah, Paul Paul Casey, this is the time of this is pretty much the the great season he had started at this time last year where he came wasn't a fourth then runner-up runner-up or it could have been yeah basically based top to uh three top fives in a row starting at the deutsche bank bmw championship to a championship you know this is where he made his run and then he just continued it all season so you know he's pretty much one of the best golfers this year might be the best golfer this year that hasn't actually won so yeah i i we might have to- spoken too much about Paul Casey, considering how consistent he's been. <laughs> uh, Matt Kuchar, too, has been pretty consistent. I don't think he's won. Obviously, the close call no. at the Open. Um, but, I mean, they're basically 1A and 1B for models of consistency lately. Kuchar there at 8,800. He'll be pretty popular as well. Uh, who else do you like out of these kind of high 8K guys? Or Louis Oosthuizen, if you want to talk about him. I was just thinking, I mean, I don't mind Louie, but the last time I went back-to-back liking Louie, he missed the cut. So uh, it'd be unfortunate to miss the cut at this event, of course. So uh, I, I was just thinking, as a GPP play, Louis Stazen would be contrarian, uh, especially since you have Casey Day, Rory, and Fowler right there. Louis would be, and even Kutcher, and, and, and pretty much everyone around Louis. So I... I think Louis might be the contrarian play. I think Devo might. I, I don't want to put words into Devo's mouth. <laughs> Devo likes Oosthuizen as a pivot from Casey, right? Yeah. If 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 yeah, if Louis is going to be low owned, then I'm liking him from ownership angle. And Devo, if you don't mean that, I apologize. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's going to be low owned, so it, it's not a bad GPP play. He's always good for a runner up here and there, and a song. And a withdrawal. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. True. But again, I'll repeat it. He hasn't done that in quite some time. It's phenomenal. Uh, I don't know. It's just the natural tendency to avoid him at 9,100. 9, he will be low owned this week, especially compared to all these other top guys. So if that interests you in tournaments, by all means, uh, feel free to go there. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't do it in cash games. Uh, same. Yeah. Same. Brooks Kepka is at 8,700. Was off to a pretty good start last week. Torpedoed on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Finished 49th, uh, so made the cut, but uh, didn't have a promising weekend. You've got a course, though, where distance is certainly going to be important. Uh, Kevin Chappell at 8,600, who's been playing some pretty good golf again lately. Same with Patrick Reed. Uh, Sergio Garcia returns this week after uh, sitting out last week's tournament. And Charlie Hoffman, another guy who's quietly been playing fantastic golf. 
There's also the narrative out there of him potentially trying to lock up the last uh, President's Cup spot this week. So uh, both Hoffman and Kevin Chappell are in the running for that. And, uh, you, you know, might see a little bit more focus out of them with uh, with that on the line. But some reasonable options there in the mid-8Ks. Uh, who do you like out of that kind of group from uh, Hoffman to Kepka there? That's funny that Hoffman and Chapman, they're actually great mates. So uh, they're, they're fighting each other for that last spot there. Um, I, I, I know too well about Brooks, Brooks Kepka's implosion on the weekend. I, I was talking to you before the, before the show started and I, on the Friday afternoon, I was sort of on the bubble there with all my lineups. So I figured, you know what? I don't usually play weekend uh, DFS. So I'm just going to, uh, see if I can, uh, sort of hedge my bets a little bit, maybe walk away with double the amount. And of course, my uh, Thursday lineups—they uh, ended up rocketing up on on the weekend, and it was my weekend ones thanks to one uh, Brooks Kepka. I was gonna say, if you played him on the weekend contest, it wasn't very pretty. <laughs> well, it was sort of pretty. I mean, actually, it wasn't that pretty because I had Cha- Kevin Chapel, who I think shot what sixty-four on Saturday. Yep, and he was my one bright spot. Um, but yeah, Brooks Kepka just was somewhat blah over the weekend. You know, that doesn't mean that he can't come out and compete this week. You know, he is a U.S. Open champion this year, but I'm just not feeling him. I'm not really feeling uh, Patrick Reed or Sergio Garcia. You know, I did predict uh, Hoffman to win last week, and I was really worried he was going to miss the cut. He ended up making the cut and didn't really – He played really well on the weekend too. Well, actually, he didn't play that great on the Saturday, but he shot – a nice tidy uh, 65 on the weekend, and he rocketed up the scoreboard or the leaderboard, I should say. Yeah, so. 65 on Sunday, which moved him probably from 50th or something like that to 17th. Mm-hmm. So you know he's he you know he, his last round of golf was one of the lowest low rounds. I think it was the low round. Uh, he and Webb Simpson had low round of 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 the round there. So you know I I'm I'm still gonna stick on the Charlie train. I might have been a week too early, maybe. Well, still, he didn't. Definitely didn't hurt him. Hurt you last week if you rostered him finishing seventeenth. He's there at eighty three hundred. Webb Simpson going to be relatively popular this week. He's got some good history here. Back to back top tens. Of course, we all know how well chalky Webb Simpson usually goes. Those are usually the weeks when he uh, <laughs> torpedoes a bunch of lineups himself. Justin Rose finally found something after some awful form for the better part of a couple of months. He came away with a top 10 last week, and I believe he was third in the field in birdies. So he's there at 8100 still a relatively cheap price for him. Uh, you've got Adam Scott coming back from the baby at 7900 Not a ton of options in kind of this 77 to 8200 range, but uh, what are your thoughts on some of those guys, uh, Simpson and Rose, there at the top? Yeah, when the prices come out, I have to sort of slap me, myself in, in terms of Rose's price. It's like 8,100 for Rose. I know he's had a really bad year. Actually, you can you can tell much of a bad year he's had is he's lost more world golf ranking points than he's won uh, this year, and that's with a second at the Masters. So, not much outside of that, then. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, he I think came fourth at the Irish Open or something like that. So it's not like everything has been bleak for him, but you know he just hasn't had any consistency. But you know, in a course in which T to green matters like you know those who can excel T to green uh 
you can never count him out. I think he's he. I think he might be sneaky high owned uh, this week just because of his price. You know, you, you you sit there and you think Rory under 10k, and you can get uh, uh, Justin uh, Rose for just over 8k. That's a, a pretty sort of yeah. unbelievable lineup right there. Uh, so I think uh, some, you know, the casual fan might flock to that sort of lineup. And you can make it, I mean, you'll probably feel good about no matter which way you end up going, you'll probably feel good about the rosters that you build this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pricing does seem a little bit loose uh, and, and it lends more credence to the theory of possibly fading Jordan Spieth and Dustin Johnson because you're not going down to the, you know, the Cody Gribbles of the world at the bottom of the field. Um, no, no, no offense to him, but oh, where is he? I just figured he'd be at the bottom. I swear he was. Yeah, I think he is at the bottom. So he, why is Cody Gribble 7K? Cody oh. Gribble is 7K on DraftKings. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm probably just thinking of the leaderboard last week. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it only goes down to six. Siwoo Kim is the cheapest golfer. Take that, uh, Siwoo. But, uh, you win a players championship and then you're the lowest player. Lowest <laughs> price player. Anyway, I do think that uh, Rose will be popular. Simpson as well, again, with the history here in the back-to-back top tens. Thoughts on Adam Scott coming back? I mean, obviously he's pretty used to playing a, a limited schedule and so hasn't played in a couple of weeks, but obviously a, probably a lot of travel involved and uh, lots of stuff going on. Do you, do you buy the baby factor? Or, uh, I mean, 7,900 on Adam Scott's a pretty good price as well. There's only one real Australian. There's only one Australian that I'm really interested in and his name isn't Adam Scott. So, you know, I've, I have been an Adam Scott fan for much of my DFS career, just not this week. Just because of uh, the the everything going on, or yeah, I mean, recent- it's not just the travel. You just had a kid, you know. You you're actually now having to compete, and you have to do well at this tournament just to make it to the following week. So that's not usually the case for Adam Scott in the FedEx playoffs. Usually he's pretty cruisy towards the uh, the Tour Championship there. So now he's trying to compete for this, coming off a baby, uh, coming off a, a long flight. Where is he right now, by the way? Do you know? Uh, he's, well, he's probably on the East Coast somewhere. I no, think... I mean I mean in, in the standings. Oh, he's, he's pretty low down there. Uh, he had to actually come back. If he didn't come back, he wasn't, he wasn't going to make it to the next round. Yeah. So he has to sort of play well. I don't know how well he has to play in order to to get there, but oh, freaky! He's a, so the top seventy advanced to next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now he's seventy first. Yeah, so, so I, I knew it was down there. So he's on the he's on the bubble there. He, I think he's one under Grayson Murray, right? Actually, he's technically seventy third, but they've already adjusted it for the fact that Stenson and Snedeker and Holmes and Piercy Piercy's the fourth one, by the way, aren't playing this oh, week. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so those guys are going to drop down and and not make it. Uh, but so Scott is seventy third officially, but he's already moved up to seventy first. Uh, Bubba Watson seventieth, Rod Pampling sixty ninth, and Grayson Murray sixty eighth. But Murray was Murray was seventieth. Yeah. This, so they, yeah, that's where. What did Piercy do this year that's got him this far without doing much? I don't know. He barely made it. He's 94th, but yeah, he just played a lot of golf, I guess, before uh, getting injured. But yeah, uh, so yeah, he Adam Scott, 71. What's that? I think Piercy had a really good fall season. I think he did as well. Yeah. It's been, a, it's definitely been a long time since we've talked about him, but 
I think he did get off to a pretty good start, kind of like Brendan Steele there. Mm -hmm. Had a really good start to the year, and he's actually still in the top uh, 25 at uh, 24th. Wow. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah. It's uh, Adam Scott, 71st, so it's on him this week. Make the cut, finish reasonably well, and and pass one of those other guys uh, that's ahead of you by just a few points. And, hey, look, it, if Adam Scott can't get past Rod Pampling, and that's on him. <laughs> well, you know, we're not really looking for him to get past them in the FedEx Cup standings. But <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah. I was uh, just trying to pit Aussie versus Aussie there. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess I didn't pick up on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I can see if he's not doing well, it's sort of like, well, I'm not really expected to do well. I just had a kid, just flew in. You know, I've had a limited schedule. You know, I just, I'm just not feeling it. So book him down for a top 10. <laughs> it's a wild card, that's for sure. I, I can see fading him this week, certainly with all the other options. Uh, although they are kind of thin in this range, Brandon Grace at 7,800 hasn't really been playing well. Uh, also missed the cut last week with a bogey on his final hole. Jason Duffner, Jason Duffner's probably got the best form of a lot of the guys in this range. We got Pat Perez there. Kevin Kisner got off to a really good start last week. Another guy who kind of faded basically after the first round, finished 54th. Ryan Moore, Keegan Bradley, Russell Henley, other guys that just haven't done a ton lately. Perhaps uh, some of the best current form in this range is with Ches Reeve, who continues to post pretty solid finishes, got a top 10 last week. And uh, he's been very consistent of late, especially for him by his standards. Not uh, generally one of those consistent golfers, but he has been over the last couple months. So this little area here from 75 to 7,800, lots of golfers in here, uh, but maybe not as many options as we saw up top. Who you liking in the uh, upper seven case? I'm liking Jason Duffner. You know, you, you've been following golf pretty much as long as I have. What do you think Duffner's Achilles heel is? A lot of times he can't putt. Okay. You know what his uh, cumulative total of strokes game putting was last week? I At one point he was first. And, I mean, it, did he still did he finish with the leading the field? I imagine he dipped a little bit because he struggled on Sunday. But he's accumulated for the all four rounds was six point nine four strokes gained. That's Cut crazy. It. And you know, I don't think his uh, tee to green was that bad, but actually it was because it, it dragged his uh, strokes gain down. So his strokes gain tee to green actually dragged down his strokes gain. If he would have been better from tee to green. He uh, he probably would have done more damage last week. But, you know, I, I don't foresee him having back-to-back -back bad tee to green games. Uh, if he can keep this hot putter going, then he, he could be uh, a sneaky top 10 play. He's had a few tournaments this year where he's really putted well and then kind of struggled on Sunday. I forget the one that he was leading after. There's one that he's leading like in the springtime Mm -hmm. um, on Sunday. I forget which one, but then he struggled with the putter on Sunday. And, and he threw it down. <laughs> yes. And caught a whole bunch of flack for it. So, but he, I mean, reasonably priced there at 7,800, hard to argue with him there. But at 7,800, you're not necessarily looking for him to win. Sure. I mean, if we're, if we're going with the narrative that the cream rises, we're looking more of the 9K, 10K, you know, potentially Jordan and, and, and DJ winning it. But, you know, you need Duffner, the, the plays like Duffner to, to pick up that top 10, you know, to, to, to get those DraftKings points rolling over. So I, I could easily see him being a top 10 player this week. If he's putter, 
if that putter continues and he strokes gain, tee to green, uh, picks up, I think he's, what, 27th on, on, on the season in strokes gain, tee to green. So, you know, if that hot putter can come, then, you know, look out. He could he can rack you up some birdies. For sure. And the uh, 7Ks after that, again, it starts to thin out here. Uh, Graham DeLatte withdrew last week and he was chalky and he angered a lot of fans. Uh, did mention on the show last week that uh, he was having issues with his back. And so it did not surprise me that he withdrew. I managed to dodge that bullet last week, but uh, a lot of angry DFS players. I do not advocate tweeting at golfers and uh, Graham DeLatte fired back with get a life. I do not advocate that either. Uh, but uh, there's, there's fault on both sides there. I would not touch him this week, even though he's right there. He's in 72nd in the standings. Uh, I, I just too much risk with him in that back right now. Gibbs' favorite player, Patrick Cantlay, is somehow priced at 7,200. He continues to go backwards in pricing uh, after a top 10 last week where he was top five in strokes gained tee to green, strokes gained off the tee. Not really sure why he's 7.2K, but uh, that's Patrick Cantlay. Who are you kind of liking in this uh, mid-low uh, 7K range? Yeah, they, they just can't seem to get uh, Cantley's uh, price right. This, you know, I, I, I did honestly thought he was priced too high to at the beginning of the season. Now it's sort of getting to the point where, yeah, he's getting priced a little low. I, I, around these mid-7Ks, I'm liking Berger and I'm liking Keegan Bradley. Can I like Keegan Bradley and Luis Dazen in the same way? <laughs> I mean, you can yeah. like Keegan because Devo's not here, so you gotta you gotta stick up for his boy there. Yeah, I mean, his course history isn't that bad. I mean, he didn't play here last year because he sucked, but you know, he missed the cut the first time he played here, and then it's been top twenty-five or better. Before, you know, every time he's played here, you know, there's a narrative like you know, people say, oh, you know, native course and whatnot, you know. But I, I was actually tracing his. Uh, residency throughout his life and he didn't really be in massachusetts that long so diehard boston man himself oh yeah doesn't really live in boston majority of his life uh you know he he did live grow up in the sort of new england area but you know it's a somewhat of a home game for him uh i think he really loves this course i think it's a, a tournament that we really love to show up for so i don't mind about that price um, you know, I, I might play more in a GPP than a cash lineup. Uh, Burger would probably be the uh, cash lineup play for the 7,600 for me. So I, I did have a little bit of Burger last week. It didn't hurt me too bad. So, you know, why not? Uh, yeah, I don't mind him, especially at that price. It seems like a nice bargain. Other guys, I, I don't really have too many other plays in the 7Ks. Uh, Schwartzel at 7,500. I might have a little bit of. He played fairly well last week. Tony Finau really tanked on Sunday with a 77 massive chalk last week. He'll probably be popular again at 7.1 K maybe not quite as popular as he was last week because you've got Cantlay in there at 72. Uh, and so that will draw some ownership away from Finau, but he, he will certainly be popular again. The bomber angle will keep it up. Yeah. There, the, the bomber angle. That's a good point. The bomber angle will keep it up there. Uh, and then, you know, the people that maybe didn't pay attention on Sunday last week, their week was already over or whatnot. Uh, you know, you didn't get burned by that big, uh, big number on Sunday. My Jeff? great Tony Finau pivot play last week was uh, Jamie Lovemark. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Did I was not so, turn like, when Finau and, and uh, Finau was down there, I think it was plus four, wasn't it, to start the, yep, the Thursday? And I was sitting there thinking, well, 
I have Jamie Love marked, but you know what? 76% of this uh, double up has Tony Finau. So we're sort of in the same boat now. And then on, on uh, Friday, Finau goes up, Love Mark goes down. And I started panicking a little bit. So, yeah, uh, I think people are still going to be on Finau. So, you know, I'm, I'm not really looking into Finau that much. I, I don't really like most of the 7Ks, actually. I, it's not until actually I get the love mark that I've uh, ticked it. You're going to jump the wagon again, huh? Distance, <sighs> right? Yeah. I mean, his results haven't been that bad. And then you look at his recent form. His recent, like, you know, the recent form is what drew me to him to begin with. But you look at the recent form and then you look after a missed cut, it hasn't been that bad. The 27th uh, after he missed the cut, the 40th after he missed the cut. Um, and then we have an 18th after he missed the cut, a third after he missed the cut. So he hasn't really had any back-to-back missed cuts. And at this sort of event, you're not really looking for a back-to-back missed cut because the probability of him making the cut is much greater than sure. the probability of him missing the cut. But, you know, he's had some decent finishes after a missed cut. So, you know, people are going to be off him because he did play so badly. So he, he might be a sneaky, pivotal um, GPP play that could be low-owned. Yeah, I don't mind that for sure with the way this course sets up. Uh, even though he, he tanked last week, certainly he'll be lower owned uh, because of it. So I don't mind that at all. Let's get to the value train. Just a few minutes left in the show here tonight. Uh, 6,900, 6,800, 6,700. Lots of golfers in there, but uh, not a ton to love once we get to these bottom 20 or so guys. Who are you plucking out for value options? Um Strokes gain, tee to green, if we're going that. Kyle Stanley's been the man pretty much all year. He's He's been, I think, in the top 10 of strokes gain, tee to green, or at least ball striking uh, for most of the season. Francesco Molinari, burned a, I think he burned a lot of people last week. Yep. Uh, so, And he missed the cut by two, so it's not like he played terribly either. Yeah, so... There's, I, oh, you know, when it comes to bomber courses, sometimes those who win these GPPs don't necessarily have six bombers on there. Yeah. Uh, they have the short guy who played well. And, you know, so there's always one short guy. Who no, five, five bombers and Zach Johnson. Let's go. Pretty much. Or, you know, five bombers and Danny Willard at the, uh, <laughs> the Cadillac at Durrell that one time. So, yeah, um, I don't mind Francesco Molinari if you want to load back up on him. I was really surprised to see Mark Leishman all the way down here. Same here, yeah. That was one of the first ones that stuck out to me. And so, you know, I like Leishman. Uh, Harold, I'll, I'll let you speak about Harvana. Uh, Hudson Swafford, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say top 10. No, sorry, my hot take, I think, this week was that he scores more fantasy points than Hideki this week. All right. That is definitely a hot take for sure. And yeah, on Harold Varner, I mean, this is a guy that was outside the top 125 and he needed a good finish to get inside the top 125. Got it. Needed a good finish last week to get inside the top 100. Got it. So he's basically playing on house money at this point because uh, he needed two really good finishes to get where he is now. And uh, he's done it back to back top 20s. I believe a 20th at the Wyndham and a 20th last week. And, you know, he's inside the top 30 on tour in, in driving distance. So uh, if you're playing the bomber angle this week, I definitely like Harold Varner a good bit. Uh, anybody else on your list? Uh, just a last name to throw out there? Uh, two last names, both uh, the very lowest of the low. Uh, David Lingworth, again, seems to be the one of the cheapest play- players. And the other Hoffman, 
uh, Morgan Hoffman, if you want to go really super sleeper, I, I feel like he can, you know, at least get you a, maybe a, a top 25 potentially. All right. Sounds good. Well, that's going to pretty much wrap us up for tonight with the Monday finish this week. There is no tournament next week. So you, there will not be a show next week. Then in two weeks, uh, the BMW championship at uh, Conway farms up by Chicago. We'll have a show for that one. And then no show for the tour championship with only 30 golfers. So we will have one show two weeks from now. We will see you then for Gib. I'm Justin. Best of luck in your contest this week, everybody. And we will see you two weeks from now. Lowe's knows you'll do it right to find the right gifts for dad this Father's Day. We do it right, too, with deals that'll make Dad as proud as his perfectly seared steak and his perfectly manicured lawn. Now get a Charbroil 4-Burner Advantage Series gas grill for just $169 and pick up your choice of Craftsman gas or electric string trimmer for only $99 each. Make this Father's Day his best one yet and do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Charbroil offer valid through 612, Craftsman offer valid through 619, U.S. only. Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 US only.